Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. So if you got your Bibles with you, we're going to start today um, and we're going to preach another part of this series about the Holy Spirit. So if you got your Bibles, let's look at Acts 2. We're going to start there this morning. And we're going to talk today about why tongues. Why tongues? Now, you knew this was coming in the, in the Holy Spirit series. I, I had to talk about it sometime. And so uh, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And uh, I'm going to take my time because there's a lot to say on this subject. And there's no way I can say it all in one day. But we're going to talk today about when the Holy Spirit comes and why he gives you a prayer language that some would call tongues and why it's for us, why you need it and why it's important today. So we're going to take our time. We're going to do a lot of teaching. So I need you to stay with me. Are you with me? Okay. And so we've been talking about the Holy Spirit on Sunday mornings. We've been talking about who he is and what he does. And we talked about many different weeks about how he helps us. And last week we talked about he's your divine advantage and all the help he brings into your life. The Holy Spirit is your helper, your counselor, your comforter, your intercessor, your standby, your strengthener, your encourager. He wants to be all those things to you. And a few weeks ago we talked about uh, at the day of Pentecost, which we're going to talk about again today, what happened when the Holy Spirit got poured out, he came and brought you power divine power, power that we all need to live this life. And so he came and brought us power, this divine power that we can't live this Christian life apart from the Holy Spirit. We need him. And the Holy Spirit came and brought us power. But also when the Holy Spirit came, he gave us this ability or this gift of being able to pray in a spiritual language. The Bible would use the word tongues. Or praying in the Spirit, same thing. But when the Holy Spirit came, He gave us the ability to pray in a spiritual language. So that's what I want to talk about today. And hopefully I'll uh, explain it in a way that you're not freaked out. And try to clear up some misconceptions about tongues. And let you know what the Bible really says about it. And you don't got to be weird or goofy uh, to speak in tongues. It's for all believers. And the early church did it. And uh, all of the New Testament church did it, and the leaders of the New Testament church, church did it. And praying in tongues or praying in the Spirit was a vital part of their personal devotional life with God. It wasn't a side issue. All of the people that you read in the New Testament had a prayer language they got because they received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So... We're going to start here, and I'm going to teach, but, you know, if you want to say amen or shout or anything during the message, I'm all for that as well, because uh, I preach better when you respond better. So we're going to get in here to Acts chapter 2. This is the day of Pentecost. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about the day of Pentecost, and I encourage you go back and listen to that if you weren't here. Acts chapter 2 in verse 1. So it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come... They were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3. 
And then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now let's jump to Acts 2 verse 38 and 39. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, talking about us, and as many as the Lord our God will call. So today we want to talk about why tongues, why you need tongues in your life. Now, We're going to start here and talk about, first of all, we said this a few weeks ago, but let me give you a little quick recap. There's two works of grace that the Holy Spirit does in a believer's life that is mentioned. There is the initial infilling of the Holy Spirit that happens at salvation when the Holy Spirit comes in you and you are born again. You are reborn. The Holy Spirit comes to live in you. But then there is a secondary experience talked about in your Bible called the baptism of the Holy Spirit where the Spirit of God comes upon you with power. The Holy Spirit in you is for salvation and that's for you. The Holy Spirit upon you is for service and that's for others. When the Holy Spirit comes in you, the Bible explains that 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 is a well that is for you to drink out of. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon you is, the Bible explains it, it's a river of God flowing out of you for others. But the Bible is very clear that there is two experiences with the Holy Spirit. There is the initial time when the Holy Spirit comes in you for salvation, but then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit where he comes upon you for service. Are you with me? I told you I'm going to say a lot today, so you got to stay with me. Let me clarify this. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it does not mean you are not saved. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that does not mean you are a lesser than Christian of those who, that, that have received it. If you don't pray in tongues, that does not mean you're not saved and don't have the Holy Spirit. But the Bible is very clear that there is a secondary experience that you need for your Christian walk. That when the Holy Spirit comes upon you with power, he gives you a prayer language to use for your personal devotional life. And there's things that happen when we pray in the spirit or pray in tongues that we cannot get into in our own natural language. There are things of the supernatural that we cannot get into in just our natural strength. We need the Holy Spirit to give us this prayer language to pray out things and to walk in the supernatural power of God. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of benefits and reasons in your Bible later why we need to pray in tongues or pray in the Spirit and why He gave it to you, but you need it. And there's things that you will not get unless you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, can I tell on myself I'm going to make myself look really bad? When I was in high school, um, I had a... Now, my dad went to Southern Baptist Seminary, 
but the guy that was my Bible teacher at Christian Academy went to Southern Baptist Seminary. So he's very anti-tongues, anti-like any kind of faith, spirit-filled, charismatic people. So he messed with the wrong dude. Because I had ammo for days. And I've always been a talker, so he could not get me to shut up. And I would argue with him in class all the time. And so, um, by the way, and, and I, I'm thinking of all, I got to move quicker. I'm thinking of all sorts of funny things. His name was Mr. Thorne. You know what I put in a card to him? You are our thorn in the flesh. That's Apostle Paul. I, I quoted him a, a verse there. But we had a good relationship. We had an argumentative relationship, but also a funny relationship. He thought the card was funny that I put the verse that Paul said, you are our thorn in the flesh. Okay. So anyways, I would argue with him all the time about stuff. And finally, because I was starting to fail Bible class, I'm supposed to be a pastor. And I'm going to fail Bible class at Christian Academy. Why? Because I won't give the guy the answers he wants. I will not do it. And dad finally said, give the man the answers he wants so you can pass your Bible class at Christian Academy. Do you realize your parents are pastors? They know us in the community. Give the man the answers he wants. And you say, you're going to be a pastor. Give the man. And so I was like, okay, I'll just. So one time in class, I'm not proud of this. This is the cocky and arrogance I had at that time in my life about that I was spirit-filled and he wasn't. So I was like, oh, come at me. Like, I got this. I got scriptures about praying in tongues and gifts of the Spirit and miracles. I've seen this my whole life. Don't tell me it doesn't exist or it's not real. So one time in class, you guys are going to think I'm a bad person. I've grown since then spiritually. We were arguing about something in class about praying in tongues and so he's like, so you're telling me that because you pray in tongues, you have a better relationship with God than I do? And I go, yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and the class went completely quiet, and he said, get out of my class. <laughs> so I'm not proud that I said that, and actually that's not right that I said that. But sometimes, let's be honest, spirit-filled, charismatic, Pentecostal, all these words we use for us in here, sometimes we can carry ourselves like we're better than a Baptist or a Presbyterian or a Catholic. And we don't even know. Maybe they believe what we believe and we just don't know. But sometimes we can carry ourselves with that kind of attitude when that's not the case. Just because we have received a gift, there's nothing to brag about that gift because that gift belongs to them too. And it would benefit their life as well. But just because we believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit and we believe in praying in tongues and laying hands on people doesn't make us better than anybody. That's for everyone in the body of Christ. We just happen to have received that gift. So you can be saved, go to heaven, be a very strong believer and know God very well without praying in tongues. But... You need it because Jesus said you need it. And it's a gift for all believers to receive the secondary experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit where he gives you a prayer language. Now, once again, when I say prayer language, I'm not talking about he gives you this gift so you can get up in church and shout in tongues and interrupt the service. 
He gives you a prayer language that you can use in your daily walk with him. When you're praying at your house or you're praying in your car or uh, you need answers that you can pray in English, yes, and you need to, but you can also pray in the Spirit and pray out things that you can't get out in English. And you need that. Dr. Ed Dufresne, who is a spiritual grandfather of this house, always said this, praying in tongues is the doorway to the supernatural. The more you pray in tongues or pray in the spirit, whatever you want to call it, it is the doorway to the supernatural. It's the doorway into the gifts of the spirit that you read in 1 Corinthians. Healings, miracles, prophecy, words of knowledge. The doorway to the supernatural is through praying in the spirit. We need to pray in tongues or pray in the spirit because it opens up a different world to us that we can't get into in our natural mind that we need to get into that supernatural realm. And we can because of the Holy Spirit and it comes through praying in the spirit. Okay, I got to move. So we know this when you are born in this earth, you get a natural language. If you're born in America, you speak English. If you're born in China, you speak Chinese. If you're born in Japan, you speak Japanese. If you're born in Mexico, you speak Spanish. So when you're born, naturally, you receive a natural language. But it's the same for the spiritual. The Bible says when you're born again, when you receive the Holy Spirit and you're born from above, not this earth, you receive a spiritual language. And it's for all of us. So let's look back at Acts 2 and verse 1. I'm trying to take my time here. Acts 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sent upon each of them. Verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's stop right there. Notice it says, and they were all filled. Now, there's a lot of believers that believe that you can't speak in tongues. They just don't believe it's for everybody. But I personally believe, and I believe the Bible says that everyone can receive this gift for their personal devotional life. Notice it says they were all filled. The Holy Spirit didn't go around the room of 120 people and say, you get it, you don't get it. You get it, you don't get it. You get it, you don't get it. No, they were all filled. Now, I'm going to give you some scriptures in a little bit, but it happened at the day of Pentecost, but it happened throughout the whole book of Acts that it happened that they would have a meeting and they would all be filled. This wasn't just a one-time event that they were all filled. Everywhere they went and preached about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament, they were all filled. Anybody who wanted it, got it. They were all filled. So notice that. God does not say, you get it, you don't get it, you get it, you don't get it, you get it, you don't get it. No. They were all filled. It's for everyone. Why? Because it's not about what you can earn or not about what you deserve. It's a gift. 
they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They all began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, we're going to teach through this very slowly. They all began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice it didn't say the Holy Spirit spoke. They spoke. I want to clarify this for you. We're talking about praying in tongues because many people think this is what happens when you pray in tongues. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon me and he's going to take over. He's going to take control and he's going to grab my tongue and start wagging it like this. No, he's not. And if you're waiting for that to happen, it ain't ever going to happen. And that's why most people are freaked out about this because they think that when you pray in tongues, you go into some sort of trance and you, and you got all sort of weird tingly feelings and the Holy Spirit just starts grabbing your tongue and you go, no, that's not what the Bible says. It says they all began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance, but they had to speak. So this is what happens when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You have to step out in faith. It takes faith to pray in tongues. You have to step out in faith and speak out the words that the Holy Spirit has given you. But as soon as you stop speaking, the Holy Spirit will stop giving you the ability to speak. But you have to speak. Most people say, well, I can't get it because they're too afraid of starting to speak. A lot of people are feeling like, well, I'm going to sound dumb. I'm going to sound stupid if I start speaking in tongues and it doesn't make sense. And so they don't speak. And if you don't speak, guess what? The Holy Spirit will not give you the words to say. They all began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance or he gave them words to say. But you have to speak. It does not happen apart from you. The Holy Spirit does not take over your body and take over your tongue and make you sound crazy. You have to speak, and then the Spirit of God will give you the words to say. Now, let's look at a couple other translations of the same verse. Acts 2 and verse 4 in the New Living Translation. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Same idea there, but you have to speak, and then the Holy Spirit gives you the ability or the words to say. Let's look at the Passion Translation. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues and powered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. But you have to speak and then the Holy Spirit gives you the words to say. Are you with me? Now, when you start to speak, those words are not coming from your mind. They're coming from your spirit. Your spirit's right here, the Bible says. Your spirit's your, your inward man. But those words are not coming from your mind. You know, they've done research about this. And um, scientifically, they've done brain scans on people that are praying in tongues. And when they're praying in tongues, the part of their brain that produces speech is turned off. And they're wondering where these words are coming from. Well, we know as believers where the words are coming from. If they're not coming from here, they're coming from down here where your spirit is. But they've actually done brain scans and they've shown that when people are praying in tongues, the brain center of where your speech comes from is completely turned off. Why? Because when you pray in the spirit, it's not from your head. It's the spirit of God giving you words in your spirit and you speaking those out. Are you with me? 
I'm just trying to teach you for a second. Now let's look at another verse pertaining to you speaking and the Holy Spirit giving you the words. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it? the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. And I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Now, what, is, what does this mean here? The Apostle Paul is trying to tell this Corinthian church, who prayed in tongues a lot, that you don't have to feel something to pray in tongues. You don't have to be overcome with the Holy Ghost and laying out under a prayer cloth to pray in tongues. You don't have to feel any tinglies. To pray in tongues. And you have control of when you can pray in tongues and when you don't pray in tongues. And when you speak, the Spirit of God will give you words. And if you don't want to speak, He won't give you words. But you are in control of you. The Holy Spirit does not make you out of control. The Holy Spirit gives you self-control. And the Holy Spirit is not like the devil. The devil comes and possesses you and makes you do stuff you don't want to do. But the Holy Spirit does not do that. He has respect for your will. And it says, when I want to speak in tongues, my spirit prays. And when I want to pray in English, I will pray that way. And when I want to sing in the spirit, I will sing that way. And when I want to sing in my understanding or my English language, I will sing that way. But I am in charge of me and the Holy Spirit is not going to override my will. So we have control of this. I want to let you know that because so many people are so afraid of tongues thinking I'm going to be overtaken and I can't stop it and it's going to be embarrassing. No. As you begin to speak, the Spirit of God will give you words. And it's a choice of your will. Notice Paul said, I will pray in the Spirit. And I will pray in the understanding or my uh, natural language. And I will sing in the spirit and I will sing in my natural language. But I am in charge of me. And when I step out to pray in the spirit, the spirit of God will give me the words to say. You with me? I just want to clarify that. But you can pray in tongues anytime, any day, anywhere. And when you do, when you begin to speak, the spirit of God will give you words. You don't have to be in a church setting. You don't have to feel a tingle. You don't have to have worship music on. doesn't matter. You can choose any time, day or night. I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray in English. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will sing in English. You can choose to do that, and we all should choose to do that. And the more we choose to give ourselves to it, the more the words that the Spirit of God will give us to speak out. And we need that. We need that. Every one of you in here need that ability, and you can have it because it's a gift that comes when you get the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It's for all of us. Now, I know you're not super excited yet because I haven't told you all the benefits of what happens when you pray in tongues. But I'm just trying to lay the groundwork for where we're going. Paul said, I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray in my understanding. I don't have to have a feeling. I don't have to take a lap. I will. I can choose anytime. Why? Because you are in charge of you. 
And the Holy Spirit's not going to override you. But when you step out and say, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to pray through me. And you start speaking, he'll be right there to give you the ability and the words to say. You with me? Now, some of you would say, well, that pastor, okay, it happened on the day of Pentecost, but that's 2,000 years ago. You know, that was a one-time event. No, it wasn't. If you read just the book of Acts, it happened in Acts 2. You could read this later. It happened in Acts 8. It happened in Acts 9. It happened in Acts 10. It happened in Acts 19, which was decades after the day of Pentecost. It was still happening. That people were getting filled with the Spirit and praying or speaking in tongues. And it was all, always an initial sign of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So this was not a one-time day of Pentecost experience. This was an experience that continued throughout the early church. Like I said, in Acts 2, 8, 9, 10, 19, you can read it later in your own time. And it happened all throughout the New Testament church. It happened in Corinthians and Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians. Corinthians specifically, which was written way after the book of Acts. That church prayed in tongues so much, Paul wrote at least two chapters about it because he had to get them under control. Because they were done. Uh, uh, praying in tongues like all the time in service and he's like you got to speak your natural language when you come to church or nobody's going to get it but the Corinthian church spoke in tongues in excess they were always praying in tongues and that was years after the day of Pentecost so this was not a one-time event Notice the leaders in your New Testament prayed in tongues. They used this personal devotional language to pray in tongues, and it was a part of their devotional life. The Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament that you're reading, that no believer or denomination would deny that he is the greatest figure in church history other than Jesus, is the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I'm going to read it for you. I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. The greatest leader in church history other than Jesus that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament said, I thank God, I speak in tongues more than you all together. And he's writing to the Corinthians that prayed in tongues all the time. So this is not some side issue. This is not something for weirdos and Pentecostals who live on the backside of the tracks and handle snakes and drink cyanide and just need emotionalism because they got mental issues. This is for everyone who follows Jesus and has received the fullness of him with the Holy Spirit. This is for everybody. This was for those in the book of Acts. This was for the early church leaders. This was for the Apostle Paul, who is one of the most educated people in his time, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, said, I speak in tongues more than you all put together. To a church that prayed in tongues too much. He said, y'all praying too much. Think about that. This is your Bible. I thank my God I pray in tongues more than you all. One of the most educated men in that time, in that day, the Apostle Paul. We're still quoting him 2,000 years later, said, I pray in tongues more than you all put together. 
Now, why did I say all that? Because you need to know this is not just a day of Pentecost experience. This was all throughout your New Testament, all throughout the New Testament leaders, all throughout your Bible, and all throughout the people who wrote the Bible, especially the Apostle Paul. It's not a side issue. It's not a one-time thing. This is for all of us who are part of his church. Wow. I feel the support in this room. It's strong. Wow. Just the emotion and passion here just overwhelmed me for a second. Are you you understanding what I'm saying? Now, don't get too quiet. I'm talking about speaking in tongues. Have a little twitch or something. I mean, come on now. (laughs) so the bible says in acts 2 and 4 they all began to speak as the spirit gave them utterance or gave them the ability or the words to say they all began to speak it's for everyone but you have to speak and then the spirit of god gives you the words to say and the more you do it, the more words he will give you. And the more you practice it, the deeper you will go. And the more you experience it, the more words he will give you. But you have to speak because you have a will. And then the Spirit of God will give you the words to say. But you need to know this is for all of us. It's for all of us. Not just the day of Pentecost. Not just the early church. Not just Corinthians. Not just for Paul. It's for all of us in here 2,000 years later. It's for us. And you need it. Now, once we get into some of the benefits it brings into your life, you'll really understand what I'm saying. So let me give you um, a verse that Jesus spoke explaining to his disciples what was going to happen when the Holy Spirit came upon them. John 7. If you didn't like me quoting Paul, let me quote you Jesus. (laughs) tough crowd today John 7 verse 37 on the last day the great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried out saying if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water but this he spoke notice concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus is prophesying there's going to be one day that the Holy Spirit's going to live in you, and he's not just going to be a well, he's going to be a river flowing out of you. But then it goes on and says he's not speaking about Jesus, he's speaking about the Spirit of God that would come on the day of Pentecost. Because that could not happen yet until Jesus died on the cross and resurrected that the Holy Spirit could be sent. So let me explain it to you this way. And I got an object lesson because I was raised in kids' church by Brother Sean. Okay. I know all of you maybe cannot see this, but just act like you can see it, okay? I'm going to try to put it right here. So this is you. This is your spirit. So... Uh, Jesus said that when you receive the Holy Spirit, it will be like water in you, but then flowing out of you. So this is you. This is your spirit, man. So this is what happens to you at salvation. You get filled up with the Holy Spirit. So you are full of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says it's like a well within you, living water. 
at salvation, you receive the Holy Spirit, you're born again, the water of life, the water of God is in you. But when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's water flowing out of you. So this is what praying in tongues or praying the Spirit is. You get so full, you with me? Something's got to come out. And this is what happens when the Holy Spirit starts pouring in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's like rivers of water flowing out of you. You get so full, something's got to come out. That's what happens with the spiritual language. You get so full of the Holy Spirit, something has to come out. And, and the way it comes out of you is through your mouth. So he fills you to overflow, and what comes out of you is a spiritual language. So you're not just filled up, but you're overflowing now because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you get so full, something has to come out. He fills you, and what comes out of you is a spiritual language. It comes out of you like rivers of living water, Jesus said. So that's what happens to all of us. We get filled up at salvation, but then there's a secondary experience where he wants to fill us to overflow. And when we overflow with him, what comes out, the initial sign in your Bible is they prayed in tongues or prayed in the Spirit. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so I want to talk for the rest of this time about some of the benefits that happens when we pray in tongues, why we need it. I'm going to give you verses for these. So when you pray in tongues, and there could be 10 of these, there could be 50 of these. I've seen a list of 100 reasons why you should pray in tongues. But we're going to just do four for time's sake. And the first one I want to talk about is this. When you pray in tongues or pray in the Spirit, you pray out your future. Let's look at a verse here, 1 Corinthians 14.2, written by the Apostle Paul, speaking to the Corinthian church. It says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. The Apostle Paul said, when you're speaking in an unknown tongue, you're not speaking to men because they can't understand you. But you're speaking to God. But when you're speaking out in the Spirit, you speak mysteries. Now, in the original Greek translation, this word mystery is the word for divine secrets. That when you pray in the Spirit, you pray out divine secrets for your life. Not secrets hidden from you, but secrets hidden for you. That you can only get into when you pray in the Spirit. So when we pray out in the Spirit, we pray out the future things of God. We pray out the secret things of God. Brother Hagin would add to this and say that that word secrets could mean plans or pursuits. That when we pray out in our spiritual language, we're praying out God's plan and His secrets for our life. The ones that we don't know. The ones that we can't comprehend with our natural mind, we start praying those out. And they need to be prayed out for them to happen. So when you pray in tongues or pray in the Spirit, you are praying out your future. The Bible says mysteries, divine secrets and plans for your life. That you can't fully get into or understand just by praying in the natural. You can only understand so much in your natural finite brain. But that's why you pray in the spirit. And what comes out of you is 
the divine secrets and plans of God. Pastor Nancy said it like this. She had a vision one time when she was praying in tongues. And every time she prayed, it was like a railroad track. More of the tracks were laid so the railroad could go a little bit further. And every time she would stop praying, the tracks would stop. So that means she could only go this far. And then she prayed in tongues a little bit more. And then it was added more tracks to the path. And then she could go a little bit further. Because when you pray in the spirit, you're pray, play, praying out the plan and the future you have for your life. And the more you pray that out, the more that you move forward in the divine plan that God has for you. Are you with me? But you can only do that so much just praying in your natural language. That's why we need the Spirit of God because He'll pray out things that are further than what your mind can even comprehend or understand. The Apostle Paul said, we pray in the Spirit, we pray out mysteries or divine secrets and plans for our life. Now, if it was just that alone, that would be a good reason to pray in tongues. Here's another reason. When we pray in tongues, it brings rest and refreshing. Brings rest and refreshing. Now, I'm going to quote you this Old Testament verse, but the reason I'm quoting it is it's quoted in 1 Corinthians 14 when the Apostle Paul is referring to praying in tongues. So this verse is connected to this verse in Isaiah. Speaking on what praying in the Spirit does for you. Isaiah 28, verse 11. For with stammering lips in another tongue... Now, he's speaking prophetically about us praying in the Spirit. He will speak to this people. Verse 12. To whom he said, this is the rest with which may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Now, I realize if I was just pulling an Old Testament passage out and preaching on it, you'd be like, yeah, that's not connected to tongues. But the Apostle Paul quotes this in 1 Corinthians 14 when he's talking about praying in tongues. So it's connected. Isaiah was prophetically speaking about there would be a day that we would pray in an unknown tongue, an unknown language, and that we would pray out these things in the spirit that God would give to us. And that would bring, what did he say? This is the rest and this is the refreshing. So when we pray in the spirit, it brings rest and refreshing to us. Now we all need that. We need that rest and refreshing. But guess what? You don't have to go to the Bahamas to get rest and refreshing. But Lord Jesus, I could take that. You could be in your car and you feel weary and tired and you start praying in tongues. And that brings supernatural, spiritual rest and refreshing. You could be at work and you don't know how to figure out a problem. And you're like, man, I need a break. I need a smoke break and a vacation break. Hey, don't act so religious. I know some of y'all in here. But it says in that moment where you feel like you need to take a smoke break, you need to take a vacation, you're, you're stressed out. It says when you pray in the spirit, this is the rest and this is the refreshing that will come to you when you pray in the Holy Ghost. So many people, even spirit filled people don't do this and they're not rested and refreshed. And they're wondering why, man, I got the Holy Ghost, but I'm not resting and refreshed. Because you got to give movement to your spirit, man, by praying in tongues. And when you do it, you get rest and refreshing. Right in the middle of your situation. 
And you don't got to go nowhere. You don't got to fly nowhere. You can get rest and refreshing because there's a spiritual rest and refreshing that can come upon you when you pray in the Holy Ghost. And the more you do it, the more rest and refreshing you can walk in. Let me tell you what. I have met the most rested and refreshed people in my life were people that prayed in tongues way more than me. And it wasn't because they were, their life was easy, that's why they were that way. Or they took vacations all the time. It was because they constantly prayed in the Holy Ghost. So they lived in this place of rest and refreshing. I'm preaching better than that fire alarm going off. This is the rest and refreshing. So many of us are neglecting that in our life. Like, God, I need help. I need some rest. I need some refreshing. When's the last time you prayed in the Holy Ghost? Like one minute last week? No wonder. We're neglecting that gift that he's given us to tap into God's rest and refreshing. I love uh, Smith Wigglesworth. You've heard him quoted before who, who lived uh, about a century ago. And there was mighty miracles done in his life. And he would always say, I don't need to take a vacation. I just pray in the Holy Ghost. And so he would just all the time be praying the Holy Ghost and he lived in this place of rest and refreshing. Now I'm not against you taking vacations and trips and rest. We all need that. I've vented to you so many times. I need that. Pastor, when are you going to take a vacation? Okay, I went to Gatlinburg a few weeks ago, so I'm trying. I believe in that. We need that. But guess what? You guys know with kids and jobs, you can't always just go. So what are you going to do? Right. Just going to live your life frustrated? Live your life tired? Live your life burned out? Because we can't all just take a vacation every week, can we? We can't. But even if you can't, you can tap into God's rest and refreshing. Now, some of you guys are still looking at me like, that's too good to be true. No, it's not too good to be true. You just haven't experienced it because you're not doing it. Because the more you do it, it brings rest and refreshing. It does. It does. But we got to give ourselves to it for that to happen. If you just pray in tongues, hit and miss, or the only times you pray in tongues is in the service here or there, you're not going to feel that rest and refreshing. But if you did it every day in your car, on the way to school, on the way to work, if you did it on your lunch break, if you did it in the afternoon, if you did it at home at night when, when you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling burnout and you're feeling tired and stressed, there would be a rest and refreshing. But it doesn't happen just because you know it could happen. It happens when we engage our spirit and do it. Come on now, somebody. It's the rest and refreshing. The third thing it does for you is it helps you pray perfect prayers. Helps you pray perfect prayers. Romans chapter 8 says it like this. Romans chapter 8. Verse 26, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings or words which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Bible says that because we have the Holy Spirit, one of the aspects of the Holy Spirit is he's our intercessor. Right. And it says when we don't know what to pray as we ought, 
the Spirit of God who lives on the inside of us starts to pray through us. That's praying in tongues. And he prays out the perfect plan of God. And he prays out perfect prayers. Why? Because he knows what's in the mind of God. But when we don't know what to pray, he knows what to pray. And that should be encouraging to you. When, when we don't know what we should do, he knows what we should do. And when we tap in to the spiritual realm and we pray that out, it says he makes intercession for us according to the perfect will of God. We can pray a perfect prayer. Now, sometimes our English prayers are hit and miss. Y'all hear? Sometimes our English prayers, we're, we're way off. Sometimes we're complaining to God. Sometimes we're praising God. Sometimes we're, we're, we're quoting the word. Sometimes we're quoting other stuff we shouldn't be quoting. We can be all over the place in English sometimes, but when we pray in the spirit, it's always a perfect prayer. And the spirit of God prays through us and it prays through us. It's the perfect will and plan of God. He makes intercession for us. Now, we all have been there where we run out of English words to pray. Anybody here in that category? <laughs> we, we run out of words to say. In, in situations, yes, we, we pray the word and we can pray what we know in English, but... There gets to a place with a lot of situations we don't know as we should pray. We don't know what to pray. The good news is God didn't leave us alone. He gave us the helper to pray through us, to give us the words to pray out, to give us the words to say, to give us the words to pray when we don't know what we should pray. When we pray in the spirit, we pray out the perfect plan and will of God. And it's a perfect prayer. It's so encouraging to me to know that my English prayers, if I ever run out of them, I have a helper to give me the help and to give me the right words to pray out even when I don't know what to pray. We're not stuck to our own ability and our own strength and our own ability to use the English language to impress God with our prayer life. We have the Holy Spirit who prays through us and prays out the perfect plan and will of God. And when we don't know how to pray, he does know how to pray. And he will make intercession for us. You with me? Let's look at one last passage and we'll close here. When you pray in the spirit, it builds you up. Brother Darrell, could you come play? Thank you guys for being here today. Even with a fire alarm. You made it work. You didn't run out, too. That was impressive. You guys are brave people. <laughs> I was thinking either a kid pulled it or a kid lit something on fire. <laughs> either way, the guy still gets candy, whoever it is. He's not going to be punished in this church. He's going to be exalted, <laughs> whoever that kid is. You know why? Because that would have been me if I was that age. So I, I got a heart for people like that. He's member of the month. You notice I keep acting like it's a male because it probably was a boy. Yeah. Could be your boy. I don't know. There's no guarantee. But if it is, I'm going to be really proud for you. So.
What if it was Natalie, though? Wouldn't that be awesome? Like, you're 10 years old. What's the matter with you? Okay. You still get candy, though. When we pray in tongues, it builds you up. This is my favorite point because there's so many points in this point. It builds you up. 1 Corinthians 14.4 He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. This word edify, it's an old word. It just means to build up. We don't use the word edify a lot. But when we pray in tongues or pray in the Spirit, it builds us up. It's like lifting weights for your spirit, man. Many Christians are weak spiritually because they're not giving any movement to their spirit, man. He's dormant all week long. Then he gets a little bit of movement on Sunday, but the rest of the week he's not doing anything. But when we pray in the Spirit, it's like lifting weights for your spirit, man. When you start praying in the Spirit, you're lifting your spiritual muscle. And your spirit's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So you can handle things differently when you're built up than when you're not. Just from my own life, I know when I prayed in the Spirit, I'm spiritually stronger. When I'm constantly praying in the Spirit and I've spent time that week, I can handle situations differently because I'm stronger. But that only happens when you use your spiritual muscle. Every time you pray in tongues, it's not insignificant. You're building your spiritual muscle. It edifies you. It builds you up. Look at what it says in the New Living Translation. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Strengthen personally. In your personal devotional life, when you do that, you're strengthening your personal life, your, your spiritual life, that you can deal with life differently because you've been strengthened spiritually. That's what we need. You know, that's what the world is looking for, not more weak Christians who are just as scared and just as afraid, just as worried, just as depressed, just as many issues as the world. They're looking for some people that have some spiritual strength. They're looking for a church that has some spiritual power. They're looking for some Christians that know their God and been working out spiritually so when they bring up a situation, they are spiritually strong to handle it. That's what the world's looking for. But one of the main ways that happens when you pray in tongues, you're strengthened personally. Isn't that good? One of the translations of this word edifies means it improves yourself. The passion says when you pray in tongues, you advance spiritually. One translation says when you pray in the spirit, you charge yourself. Our batteries get low in life and we need spiritual help. What charges your spiritual battery? Well, praying in the Spirit does. Now, I'm not getting on you, but let me challenge you for a second here. What kind of services would we have at this church and the kids would have in that back building if all of us had been charged up today? 
in every Sunday. The worship team, they're charged up and strengthened. Why? Because they've been praying in tongues all week. All of you have been praying in tongues all week. We are spiritually charged and strengthened. Imagine the services we could have in this place. Instead of maybe the pastor prayed and a few other leaders prayed, but the rest of us were like, hey, I'm just trying to make it to church, pastor. And I get it. There's some seasons where you feel that way. But don't live there forever. Get to a place where you stop just consuming and start being a contributor to the church you come to. Imagine what kind of services we could have. Imagine what kind of move of God we could have if, if all of us were charged up spiritually and strengthened. And that happens when you've been praying in tongues. Imagine what ha- would happen in the elementary, in the preschool, in the nursery. What would happen at the quarry on Wednesday nights? What would happen at camp and Bible Adventure Week? What would happen at the conferences we have? This place would be so charged with the power of God. We would see salvations. We would see miracles. We would see healings. We would see deliverances. We would see a move of God if it was all of us being charged up and strengthened. Not just a few of us. But that happens when we spend time praying in tongues. We're charged up. Our battery goes from 1% to 100%. The problem is we're more concerned about our phone battery life. We're having a panic attack. I'm on 2%. Oh, my gosh. My heart's beating fast. Okay. Breathe. Find a charger. We are so upset about our phone battery life, but what about our spiritual life? We're having panic attacks over our iPhone because it's not charged. What if we were that concerned with our spiritual charge? We never let ourselves get low and dip and get down to 10% or 20% or 30%, but we stayed spiritually charged up on full, strengthened personally. Pastor, that's too good to be true. No, it's not. The Bible says how to do it. Praying in tongues. Praying in the Spirit. When you pray in tongues, it says it edifies, builds yourself up, strengthens, improves, charges your spirit. Are you with me today? I know I'm saying a lot and I'm about to close, but you need to get these last few things we're going to say. Because it's for all of you in here, and I don't want anyone in our church to miss out on this. Because we need this gift that the Holy Spirit brings, this personal spiritual prayer language. One of those definitions was to build up, to strengthen, or to improve. It's interesting to note because when you pray in the Spirit, it doesn't just charge or improve or strengthen your spirit. It helps your body and your mind. Now listen to this. I'm going to quote to you. These are two studies they did. One, Dr. Carl Peterson from ORU did a study on praying in tongues. And when he did this study, the patients who prayed in tongues, their brain released a chemical that directly affected their immune system. That their immune system went up by 40%. And they physically got stronger when they prayed in tongues. Why? Because the Bible says when you pray in tongues, you build yourself up. You strengthen yourself. You improve yourself. Not just spiritually, but even physically, they got stronger. 
Let me quote you another study. You can look this up. It's a New York Times article. It's called A Neuroscientific Look at Speaking in Tongues. This is what it says. Contrary to common perception, studies shows that regular people who pray in tongues rarely have mental problems and are more emotionally stable than those who do not. So many people, the perception is, well, people that pray in tongues are mentally needing help. We need to lock these people up. They're crazy. The study showed actually people that prayed in tongues regularly were more mentally stable than people that did not. And they rarely had mental problems compared to those who did not. Why? Because when you pray in the tongues, it builds you up and strengthens you, not just spiritually, but in your mind, your emotions, and even in your physical body. Come on, isn't that good? The last verse I want to share with you is this in Ephesians 5, 18. I appreciate you listening today. Ephesians 5, 18, it says, Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a reason I'm reading this verse because being filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues is not a one-time event at an altar. It's ongoingly. We should do this ongoingly. In the original language, it says, be being filled. Because this is what happens in our life. This is you. We go through our everyday life and, man, we start out the day, we are filled with the Holy Ghost. Right? We walking in love. Man, I can pray in tongues all day. And then we get in traffic. Right? We say a few words we shouldn't. But we get in traffic and there's a lot of traffic and then we get a call from the insurance company. And then we order DoorDash and they give us the wrong order. And I'm allergic to dairy, so I can't eat this. We go through our day, and then by the end of the day, marriage issue. Kid pulled the fire alarm at church. And by the end of the day, we're looking like this. That's why the Bible says be being filled. This is not a one-time thing at the altar you get prayed for. This is not a one-time thing you do. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you and refill you and refill you and refill you and fill you again every day. Why? Because we need it every day because life knocks it out of us. And we need to be being filled. But how do we be being filled? By praying in the Spirit. That's how we get our cup filled back up. When life knocks it out of us, we pray in the Holy Ghost. We pray in the Holy Ghost and fill ourselves back up. Because life will knock it out of you, and we got to be being filled every day, ongoingly. Not just a one time event, ongoingly. But it says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because wine is a counterfeit of the real thing. Drugs are a counterfeit of the real thing. Sex is a counterfeit of the real thing. What we're really looking for is the filling of the Spirit, but we're looking to all these other things to fill us. And it's empty. It's a substitute. 
But what are some of the byproducts of being drunk with wine? You are happy. You're carefree. You're experiencing life with a different perspective. You're seeing things differently. God wants you to experience that, but not through wine, but through the real thing, which is his spirit. Because when you're filled with the spirit, what's the fruit of the spirit? Joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You're carefree when you're filled with the spirit. You see things from a different perspective when you're filled with the spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Be being filled. But how do we stay filled up and overflowing? By praying in tongues. By praying in the Holy Ghost. By strengthening ourselves with our spiritual language. Did you guys get something today? I appreciate you staying with me. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you staying through the fire alarm. You're a trooper church family. Did you guys get anything today? Could you stand up with me? Be being filled. Let's pray. Father, we just love you today. We thank you for this time in your house. Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for the gift that he brings to us, this spiritual language, praying in other tongues. Father, I pray that this church, that we would recommit to you to use this wonderful gift in our personal devotional life. That we would constantly be being filled with your spirit. But we would not let ourselves be empty. We would not let ourselves go down to a low percentage of charge, but we would stay charged up, strengthened, filled with your spirit. Father, we're sorry for neglecting this gift in our lives. And I'm sorry personally for sometimes neglecting this wonderful gift of a prayer language you've given us. We thank you, Father, for this church family. Give us a greater desire to pray in other tongues. Give us more wisdom and insight on opportunities we have throughout our day to pray in other tongues. Let us be a spiritually charged and strengthened church. And Father, I pray right now for those in here that have not received it, that they would consider what I said today and that they would get to a place of faith where they could receive this same gift that we talked about this morning because it's for them too. Father, let us not neglect this gift, but use it. We thank you that we're not without help and we're not without hope because we have your spirit in us who knows how to pray when we don't know how to pray, who knows what we need to know when we don't know it, who knows what to say when we don't know what to say, who knows what to do when we don't know what to do. The spirit of God within us prays through us. We thank you for that today. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.